Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello, Raider Nation, and welcome to another edition of the Believe in Raiders podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. I'm your host, Dennis Ackerman. The Raiders closed out the season on a winning note as they win a thriller over the Denver Broncos 32-31, despite the fact the silver and black turned it over four times. The victory snapped a three-game losing streak, and the Raiders finished 8-8 overall. Not the record the franchise and its fans were looking for after such a promising start to the season, but it still represents a one-game improvement over last year, and it appeared this one was heading the way so many have lately with the Raiders coming up on the short end. But Derek Carr engineered a seven-play, 77-yard drive, capped off by Josh Jacobs' one-yard touchdown run on fourth and goal from the Denver one-yard line. The Raiders went for two, and Carr found his favorite target, Darren Waller, for the two-point conversion and a one-point lead. Here's Gruden on the decision to go for two. I think we changed our mind three times. We went from three tight ends and one back and one receiver to three receivers and one tight end and one back. And we ended up going with three tight ends and two backs and no receivers. And I just kept looking over there on their sideline. Fortunately, really for us, they used the timeout that they could have used at the end of that game. Um, But Darren Waller, Derek Carr, what a combination it's been. It's fitting that we give the ball to Jacobs on fourth and goal and we throw the ball to Waller to win the game. But there were still 24 seconds left, and we all know no lead is safe with this Raiders defense. On the first play, Broncos quarterback Drew Locke hit Jerry Judy for 25 yards, and then Daryl Worley was whistled for a delay of game. So that moved the ball to the Raiders' 45-yard line. Denver ran one more play and then sent out kicker Brandon McManus to attempt a game-winning 63-yard field goal. But the kick was blocked by Max Crosby, securing the win, and the victory meant a lot of things to the Raiders. It was John Gruden's first career win at Denver. It was the first time the Raiders swept Denver since 2015. It's the first time they finished over 500 in the AFC West Since 2010, that year they went 6-0 in the division. It's the first time they won their season finale since 2010 as well. It's just the fourth non-losing season since 2002, the last time the Raiders went to the Super Bowl. Now, the Raiders were two-and-a-half-point favorites against the Broncos, and even though they didn't cover, I don't think Raider Nation cares because they won. And that's all that matters. The playoffs begin next weekend. Can anyone in the AFC dethrone the Kansas City Chiefs? I don't think so. But keep an eye on the Buffalo Bills. They're the number two seed, and they might just be playing better than anyone else in the NFL. And how about the NFC? Hackers locked up the number one seed, and so the road to the Super Bowl goes through the frozen tundra of Lambeau Field. Wouldn't the NFL love that matchup? Chiefs-Packers Super Bowl, Patrick Mahomes versus Aaron Rodgers, 
a rematch of the very first Super Bowl ever? I mean, I got to admit, I think it would be a fun one to watch. Six playoff games next weekend, so there's plenty of bets to lock in. And that means you should check out betonline.ag. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, BetOnline gives you more options to wager than any place online. And there's always the online casino as well. It never closes, Raider Nation. So head to betonline.ag today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Again, that's betonline.ag and sign up today. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Well, I haven't done this lately, and it feels good to do so. Ackerman's A-list player of the game. Last time I handed it out was week 12 following the miraculous win over the New York Jets. The winner that week was tight end Darren Waller. And he's getting it again following his outstanding performance against the Broncos. The veteran from Georgia Tech had nine receptions for 117 yards and a touchdown. His biggest reception was one that didn't count in the stats. A two-point conversion reception put the Raiders up a point, 24 seconds left. Waller also etched his name in Raider lore by setting the team's single-season reception record with 107 catches. He broke Hall of Famer Tim Brown's record of 104 receptions set back in 1997. Listen to Waller's stats over the last five games of the season. 43 receptions, nearly nine a game. 654 yards. Three times he topped the century mark. And against the New York Jets, he had 200 yards. Four touchdowns and a two-point conversion. Waller finished the season with 107 receptions, 1,197 receiving yards, and nine touchdowns. He's one of the best in the business. After the game, Waller reflected on his amazing accomplishment. I would say I would say there's a lot more to come. Uh, this is a great this is a great moment, um, especially to you know someone of the caliber of Tim Brown. Uh, you know that is just incredible to even think about. But um, you know I feel like some of my greatest moments even come where people don't even think that they'd be like the peak moments. It's like games where you know maybe like the a game where I like didn't do much. I had like twenty some yards, but it's just like I'm able to still have the same mindset, and I know that. When I go home at night, like, I'm not mad at anyone. I'm not, like, feeling like things are going well. Like, I still have the same consistent attitude, and I feel like that's when I'm most proud of myself, and it turns into nights like this, just staying prepared and still having the right attitude. So I'm definitely grateful for this moment, but um, I don't want this to be my greatest day as a Raider. I want us to keep going, and I want our team to have great days as well um, and just to keep going from here. So I feel like this is definitely a great thing, but I want to keep going. Okay, let's hand out some grades now, and I'll begin with the offense. I thought it was an up-and-down performance overall. But when the game was on the line, Derek Carr and company came through big time. On the final drive, Carr completed four of six passes for 76 yards and found Darren Waller for the game-winning two-point conversion. Derek played well in the first half of the pair of touchdown passes, including one to Brian Edwards for his first NFL touchdown. It was one of two grabs for the rookie out of South Carolina, who I still think the Raiders 
needed to do a better job of working him into the offense this year. Now, the third quarter for Carr and the rest of the offense was an absolute disaster. The Raiders' first 11 plays of the second half resulted in a punt, a Henry Ruggs fumble, which was recovered by Denver, and two Carr interceptions. I broadcast high school football, Raider Nation, and those are the kind of numbers you see at that particular level. The first car, INT, bounced off the hands of Waller. And I know we've seen him make great catch after great catch. But the pass, in my opinion, and obviously this is just my opinion, had way too much mustard on it. The second pick, that was just a horrible read by Carr. Overall, the Raiders turned it over four times and still somehow, some way, found a way to get the victory. Haven't been able to say that too much lately. For the game, Carr completed 24 of 38 passes for 371 yards, two touchdowns, and two picks. For the third straight year, he topped 4,000 yards passing, and he essentially did it in 15 games. In fact, Carr set a career high with 4,103 passing yards. And I'm still not convinced he's fully recovered from that groin injury. He didn't look particularly mobile, taking three sacks, and didn't take off and run when he had some opportunities to do so, like he did earlier in the season. How about the Raiders' run game? It finally came to life in the second half. Josh Jacobs finished with 89 yards on 15 carries and a 28-yard touchdown run. I mean, that was a far cry from the first half. As a team, the Raiders had 22 yards on nine carries. But Gruden stuck with the run, as you knew he would, and it actually paid off as the Silver and Black finished with 106 yards on the ground at nearly five yards a carry. By the way, for the second straight year, Jacobs went over 1,000 yards for the season. The Raiders finished with 465 total yards of offense and were 5 for 13 on third down, which was a vast improvement over last week when they failed to convert one for the entire game. They produced all this despite the fact they were down to their third string left guard, John Simpson, and 33-year-old backup Sam Young starting at right tackle for the injured Trent Brown. Derek discussed with the media what this win means for the team moving forward. In my seven years, I've seen some Raiders teams where guys tap out. I've seen it, you know, Uh, and... It may not be perfect. We may not have won 10 games this year. Uh, we may not have been in the playoffs, but um, there's something about this group uh, that, you know, we're just not, we just, we're not built that way. And uh, that, that, that stuff right there is the kind of character I've been talking about from the beginning, why I feel it's different, you know, why I think, um, you know, we're heading in the right direction and all those good things uh, is the football character right there. Um, it takes, you tear a muscle and you, you know, coach says, take a couple of days for practice. No, I'm going to show up to practice when we're supposed to practice. And, at whatever capacity I can be out there, I'm going to take every rep, you know. Uh, and we have had so many guys do that. And when you do that, uh, you show not only to your teammates, uh, to yourself, but to, to, the, to the whole team, staff, everybody, that uh, we mean business and we're here for a reason. So, um, again, uh, it didn't end up how we wanted, but uh, very, very excited to see our guys fight through some stuff because in the NFL you have to. You know, our young guys learn that on the, on the fly and learn that the hard way, but usually when – your top players or your best players, the ones that play the most are, are the ones, uh, you know, showing like, hey, I'll fight through something or do something like that. 
on any football team is what I'm saying. You know, that that's good for the whole team to look at that and see, okay, if our leaders are doing that, then we should too. Overall, I'll give the offense a B grade. To the defense, and just like the offense, it was an up-and-down performance. After the first 15 minutes, didn't look much different, allowing nearly 180 yards and 10 points. But over the next two quarters, I thought they did a good job of keeping the Raiders in the lead and then keeping the game close. Two particular drives stood out to me. In the second quarter, the Broncos recovered a Darren Waller fumble at the Raider 39-yard line. The defense forced a three and out, and Denver kicker Brandon McManus missed a 56-yard field goal. Then, in the third quarter, following a Derek Carr interception, the Broncos took over on the Raider 37-yard line, and Denver had to settle for three points. Think about that, Raider Nation. The Broncos started two drives inside the Raiders' 40-yard line and came away with just three points. I mean, the way the defense has performed this year, you would have thought Denver would have converted both of those into touchdowns. That's an 11-point swing, possibly the difference in the game. Now, in the fourth quarter, we saw the best of the Raiders' defense, and we saw the worst of the Raiders' defense. Let's begin with the worst. Fourth quarter, game tied, 624 left, and Denver pinned deep in their own territory, facing a third and 10. Now, throughout the game, when the Raiders applied pressure to Broncos quarterback Drew Locke, he wasn't as effective. He just wasn't. I mean, even CBS game analyst Tiki Barber said the analytics point out Locke struggles under duress. So, what does Raiders defensive coordinator Rod Marinelli dial up? A cover two and rush just two linemen. Now, we all know the Raiders' pass rush struggles even when they rush four. So you only bring two? Of course, this was a recipe for disaster as they failed to put any pressure on Locke and he hits rookie Jerry Judy for a 92-yard touchdown, putting the Broncos in the lead. You know, I have talked about this before. The Raiders coaches have to put the players in position to succeed, and Marinelli didn't do it on this play. The Raiders were in a cover two last week when Miami completed the miracle pass at the end of the game. But the defense still had two more chances to redeem itself. And they actually came through. Denver took over on offense with 2.46 to play and a seven-point lead. Raiders still had all three timeouts, but I don't think any Raider fan was holding their breath. The defense could actually get a stop. Now, the Raiders allowed a couple of first downs, but eventually forced a Broncos punt, which led to the game-winning drive for the Raiders' offense. And unlike last week, when the defense melted down against Miami in the closing seconds, they did just enough to secure the win. Overall, the defense gave up 446 yards of total offense, which included 339 by quarterback Drew Locke. But I felt the Raiders were better against the run, allowing less than four yards of carry. Linebacker Nicholas Morrow returned to the lineup and led the Raiders with 11 tackles, including a sack. And I thought Max Crosby had his best game in a while. He had a couple of tackles for loss and came up with his first sack since week 10. Overall, Crosby finished the season with seven sacks to lead the Raiders 
for the second straight year. I'll give the Raiders defense a C. Finally, the special teams. I thought they had a nice bounce back week after the Miami game. Kicker Daniel Carlson set the single season scoring record with 144 points, breaking the old record set by the great Sebastian Janikowski. Seabass. Then the Raiders came up with not one, but two blocked field goals, including the potential game-winning 63-yard field goal in the final seconds. Max Crosby, who I just mentioned, had one of his better games defensively, came up with the block to secure the victory. And at the end of the first half, Brandon McManus was attempting a record-breaking 70-yard field goal, but it was blocked by Crosby as well. I'll give the special teams an A. I mentioned it earlier. In fact, I mentioned it a couple times. The Raiders won the game despite the four turnovers. How about the fact that they also committed 14 penalties as well? I mean, despite all the negatives, they still won their sixth road game of the year. Think about that for a second. The Raiders were 6-2 and two on the road and just 2-6 and six at home. Wacky record in a wacky year. I want to thank everyone at Believe Podcast Network for giving me this wonderful opportunity to host this podcast. I also want to thank my wonderful editor, Saul Chavez, who did a great job of editing all of these podcasts. And finally, I want to give a shout out to everyone who listened to this podcast week in and week out. Thank you so much. It means the world to me. It really does. Next week, I'll begin focusing on the offseason and what the Raiders are facing if they hope 2021 will finally be the year they make it back to the postseason. All right, that's going to do it for this edition of the Believe in Raiders podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. I'm Dennis Ackerman. Thanks so much for listening, and may all your punts on the coffin corner. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.